Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Part of the problem about um, with being a, a preacher, I guess, is every time I open the the Bible, I feel like God speaks to me. I I, I can't say that He does, but I I feel like I just all of a sudden get some word from God. And and uh, I came in here today, and I was um, I'm exhausted. I'm not going to lie with you. I'm just like exhausted. And as I was praying, I just felt God's peace kind of surround me. And I got to thinking, like, I woke up this morning, woke up early, have to get my shirt ironed and everything in order. And so, uh, I mean, it's still pretty much dark out and I'm starting to move around and get some tea brewing and whatnot. And all of a sudden I, I hear rain and thunder and I'm, it just caught me off guard because I just, I wasn't anticipating a storm and uh, got driving, got on the road and I mean, it was coming down in sheets, you know, where people had their hazards on and they're doing like 30 on the highway. And uh, I just thought, man, we're not going to get here on time. And It was just crazy. But I stepped outside and I looked and the sky's blue and the sun's shining. And I thought, I just felt like God speak to me that that's as quick as we can be in a storm that we just don't foresee it happening sometimes in our life. But it just comes our way but just as fast as it comes God can just part the skies part the clouds and cause the sun to shine immediately in our life amen and so I'm just thankful for that that peace that passes all understanding as the Bible said um so that's not my message today so don't subtract that from my time uh I just, I just wanted to share that. That's just, I guess, God's little word to me. So I'm thankful for that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah. Um, I think we'll have it up on the screen. I am, my wife, Crystal, and I are, are privileged, and we are thankful to be with you today. I got to meet many of you. Uh, a lot of faces I see that I haven't uh, been able to meet yet, but uh, we're definitely looking forward to that. And... Um, I, you know, he came in with this pizza box. No, it's fine. You, and I seen him coming in the back way, so I thought this he had pizza, you know. And so I got excited. And then he's like, no, it's just, it's just the box. You know, so I fell right into that illustration, you know, what, what good is a box? I was looking for the, the goods on the inside. Amen. Amen. But we appreciate uh, the Calhoun family. Do you? We, we love them. We appreciate them. You are an... Uh, good hands, and I know God is doing tremendous things here, and I just, I just feel this. I don't say this everywhere I go, but I just feel like the Lord impressed upon me that there are big things. I know that's so generic, but I promise you, I, don't, I just feel like there's big things, there's great things coming immediately in the path that you are traveling. I just, as the world gets darker and darker and darker, the church has always grown brighter and brighter and brighter. And this is the greatest time to be alive and involved in the apostolic church. Amen? Okay, I'm done. We're going to start preaching. Okay. We're going to streamline this. Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 11. I want you to know ahead of time, this is very unconventional for me. This, this uh, 
uh, this kind of sermon, but I just feel like this is the will of God today. Amen. Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 11 and 12, the Bible says, For with stammering lips in another tongue will he speak to this people. How many want him to speak to you? To whom he said, this is the rest. Would you say rest? Wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Would you say refreshing? Yet they would not hear. That's important because God was making a way for them to experience refreshing. But they would not hear. How many know that God wants to give you refreshing? And I believe he wants to give you refreshing this morning. And I'm going to show you through the Bible how we receive. There's a very specific way we receive God's refreshing. There's three steps. And I'm going to tell you about those today. And I'm going to entitle this today, uh, The Three R's to Refreshing. And we got a graphic up and a title slide, The Three R's to refreshing. Amen. Would you just help me pray real quick and we'll get into the word of the Lord. Lord, thank you for your presence and your glory here today. God, I thank you for everybody's openness and sincere worship. Lord, your presence is here because you inhabit the praises of your people. Father, I just don't believe that you're done yet. And God, we ask that you would just continue to move in our lives and continue to move in the altar call when we come forward to pray that you would move and intersect in our lives and we will give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for it. Somebody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to somebody one more time. Tell them how good they look this morning and you may be seated. Amen. You all look great this morning. Everybody awake? I feel my hand shaking. You know, I just had a, uh, a an Americana out there, and I'm just like, like, so if I just preach, you know, 45 minutes, just stop me, okay? Hey, hey, stop. You had too much coffee, okay? The three R's to refreshing. I'm going to tell you, this is unconventional for me to, to do that. I guess this is kind of more teaching, if, if that's okay. But I promise you that the Holy Ghost is going to move at the end of this, okay? Because that's what we want. We want God to touch us. A while back, I was doing a study on refreshing. And, um, you know, oftentimes when we're looking in the Bible, we're looking for at least preachers. Uh, I'm always looking for something so deep, something so profound, some spiritual oogie boogie thing, you know, and 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 I, I forget how practical our God is. God is not deep and oogie boogie. He's very practical. His word is very practical. And so I was looking. I was like, God, how do you? I, I read this scripture about refreshing. How do you really refresh your people? There's got to be some awesome method that you refresh your people that I can preach and it's going to sound good and get people excited. And and I started combing the scriptures from Genesis page 1 to the very end of the book, and I was surprised at how God's people receive refreshing. There are three ways. Could somebody say three ways? If you, if you, that, that, now I only have three points now. You can read right into that, okay? So keep me moving, okay? There are three ways to that we receive God's refreshing. How many want refreshing? Okay, we need to be refreshed as God's people, okay? And so, um, Funny story before I get into this, though, um, just to kind of help you relate. Uh, how many have ever been on a diet before? It's, it's okay. Okay. How many have ever failed at a diet before? It's okay, right? Hands up. One of the biggest uh, profit times for the health industry, 
whatever, yeah, January, exactly, February, March, and then it kind of tapers off, you know, because people make their New Year's resolutions, and we have good intentions, and then just kind of fall off the wagon. Well, uh, me and my friend, some of you might know, uh, know Brother Christopher Jansen, okay, this guy's just wild, he's crazy. We started this idea that we were going to go on this diet, because we decided we need to lose some weight, and so Chris has this awesome idea, he says, well, let's just go on a fruits and vegetables diet, we'll just do it real fast, so... We just start out with just fruits and vegetables. And I love fruits and vegetables, okay? Don't get me wrong. I love fruit, love vegetables, but I also love pizza, and I also love chips, Doritos, you know, and the list goes on and on. So uh, we, we've been doing this for probably four or five days, and it's brutal. I mean, I'm yelling at my wife about, I, I don't even know what, just, just random stuff. Because oh, I get crabby when I'm hungry, okay? If I'm tired or I'm, I'm hungry, I get crabby. Okay, just a little transparency. Don't some of y'all need it? You, you get the same thing. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, I don't know where that came from, uh, but anyways, so but I have a weakness, I have a crutch. Okay, and, and my weakness, my crutch, especially when I'm gonna die, I don't know what your drink of choice is, but I have a drink of choice. My drink of choice, please don't get offended. Okay, my drink of choice is an ice cold Coca Cola. Okay, there is nothing like a Coke. Some of you say, no, there's nothing like a Pepsi, or there's nothing like a Mountain Dew. That's fine, okay? But to me, there's nothing like an ice-cold Coke. And you know it's so cold where the outside of the can is sweating. I mean, you could draw on it or whatever. And, and, and for you Coke drinkers, you know that when you take a drink and you got that ice-cold burn that goes down your chest, I, maybe I just have a problem, okay? I don't know. Um, and I don't know what this has to do with my message either, but um, I guess you could say a physical refreshing, okay? There's something physically refreshing about that Coke for me. But again, what about the spiritual refreshing? How do we get spiritually refreshed, okay? And so I have three R's to talk to you about. There's three ways, only three ways. You'll find them if you search it out, but I'm going to pull out the scripture to you. Three ways that if we follow, we can get God's refreshing, okay? Number one, this isn't going to be spiritual enough for a lot of you. I know this, but this is very practical, okay? The very first R, the very first way we receive God's refreshing, you ready for it, is by rest, Oh, that's not that spiritual. You don't sound like a preacher. <laughs> we need proper rest. This, this is, I'm not, this is God's word. I'm going to show you here in a second. Uh, this is God's word. His people, let me just, I can get spiritual for a second if you allow me to. You cannot position yourself for a spiritual blessing if you're physically exhausted. Sometimes we come in dragging our feet into church. Oh, if I just get through this, I can get home. And I'm just, guess what? God can bless that. We need rest. Our bodies were designed to rest. You need to take a nap from time to time. Turn to somebody, tell them you need to take a nap. Now help me preach real quick. Turn back and tell, but not right now. You save that for when you get... Don't take a nap now, okay? When you get home, you take a nap this afternoon. But, but rest, rest is vitally important, okay? Uh, let me just give you some uh, medical effects, okay? I, I read this uh, article here, and it says, here's the medical effects of sleep deprivation. Increased stroke risk leads to obesity, fuels memory loss. Hello, somebody. 
That's mine. I claim that one. Increased risk of diabetes, damaged bones, increased cancer risk, damages your heart, and finally, the article says it can kill you. In fact, short sleepers seem to die younger of any cause than people who sleep about six and a half to seven and a half hours a night. Time Magazine reported in 2010 that a study examined the impact of short sleep on mortality and found that men, where you at, men? Let me get a huh. One more time, huh. Okay, there we go. (laughs) I don't know, it's the coffee talking, okay? Uh, Men that slept less than six hours a night were four times more likely to die over a 14-year period. That's kind of serious, okay? So so we need sleep. Okay, so some of you, what does this have to do with anything? Okay, sleep is so important. Rest is so important that even, you might be thinking, I don't need rest. But guess what? Rest is so important that God even needed rest, okay? And if God needed rest, you all need rest. We all need rest, right? So let's look at it. Genesis chapter 2 and verses, we'll quickly move through these uh, scriptures. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. Verse number three. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So we find that God rested, but not only did God rest, God thought rest was so important said, I like this thing. I like this this resting thing so much that I'm going to make a special day for it. And then in Exodus chapter 20, we see this, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Verse 9. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant. Uh, nor your cattle, nor your stranger. That's Some of y'all need to make sure your cattle are resting. I don't, okay, your manservants and maidservants. For in the six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Okay, so real quick, real quick, we'll move through this. A lot of people will argue about, you know, well, the Sabbath day is Saturday. No, the Sabbath day is actually Sunday. No, the Sabbath day is actually Monday. And they go back and forth when really, that's not the, that's not the point. Point is not what specific day it is. The point is that God said, okay, you need to lay out some time in your life where you can do nothing but get some proper rest. Okay? I ought to have the most amens on this point right here because y'all are wanting some sleep. Okay? I'm tired. I need to rest. This is God's will for us to take naps. God's will for us to get rest, proper rest, so we can position ourselves to be spiritually refreshed. Okay? Amen? Okay, number two. So the second art of refreshing is we receive God's refreshing through not only rest, but through repentance. Somebody say repentance. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. This was our text, but I want to revisit it for just a few moments. Isaiah chapter 28, verses 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Now, oftentimes we read this portion of scripture, and uh, many of us will go right to the outpouring of God's spirit and speaking in other tongues. With stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, okay? That is not 
incorrect. That's correct. But this is what's called, a, if you just allow me to get theological for a second, this is what's called a dual prophecy. In other words, it had relevance not only to the future, but it did have relevance to the people of that time. In Israel, God's people were living contrary to his ways. They were living in, in, a, in a sinful state. And so God was trying through his prophet to get them back on track. You know, quit trying to do it your way, do it my way. And uh, the people would not listen to God. And so eventually through his prophet, he was telling them, okay, if you're not going to listen to my voice, then with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people. In other words, I'm going to send the Assyrian army, an enemy force, and they're going to get you on the proper track that you need to be on, okay? Because God does not want us to do it our way. He wants us to do it his way. Okay, so there's a refreshing that comes along with repentance. I would also note that in the Bible, great blessing always comes after great consecration and repentance. If you want a great promise, if you want a great blessing, a great touch from God, then guess what? You need to enter into a great time of repentance. Repentance is not only reserved for that initial uh, door into salvation where we repent of ourselves. Every chance we ought to get, I don't care what your stage spiritually is, you ought to repent every opportunity you get. Because all that is saying is, God, I want every impurity, I want every thought that's contrary to your will, contrary to your I want that out of me so I can do it your way. And so even in the book of Acts, when we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, that great promise that that came to us, Peter lined out specific instructions. He said, before you get that, you got to repent. There has to be great consecration, great repentance before great promise. Before great refreshing. If you want great refreshing from the Holy Ghost, you need to have times of repentance, okay? Let, let me just dig a little bit deeper. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. Before we get into this, I, I just want to say briefly, you know, I think we've gotten a, a negative connotation of what repentance is over the years. You know, like um, if I start talking about repentance, all of a sudden... If I gave an altar call, if I preached a whole message on repentance and I gave an altar call, you know what we'd be doing? We'd be looking side to side like, who's going to move first? You know, I don't want to go up there first because then everybody's going to know I'm going up to repent. We, we, had, we got this negative connotation that repentance is reserved for vile, for rotten, for nasty people when really, no, repentance isn't ugly. Repentance is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to say, I don't want to do it my way anymore, but I want to align my will with God's will. I want to align my heart with God's heart. That should be our prayer all the time. And if you've ever engaged in a, in a, in a time of repentance, if you ever had a moment like that in an altar or in your prayer closet, and you got up from the presence of the Lord and you just felt so refreshed, so on board, like you could tackle and conquer the world, why is that? That's refreshing that comes from the Holy Ghost, but it's because you align your will with God's will. 
Amen. And, and, and that's what I want us to do partially today. I want us to have a time of repentance. And it's not a negative thing. It's a great thing because it's a time for us to get all on the same track with God's will. Amen. Because as this church moves forward, we need to be with God's mind and not our own mind. Because he has great and tremendous things in store for every single person here. But we have to get that mentality that Jesus had that said, not my will, but thine be done. Okay, that, that time of consecration, that time of repentance. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 19. Check this out real quick. The Bible says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Would you say blotted out? Blotted out. When the times of refreshing, so repentance and refreshing, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. This, this word here, blotted out, when you look at it in the Greek, it's interesting because you, you get the idea by the definition that it's um, almost like uh, your sin is written down and then blotted out to the point of being not legible. So I know we do a lot of communication. My phone's blowing up right now. I don't know. We do a lot of communication with our fingers now, you know, text messaging and whatever. But, um, you know, this is called an ink pen. Um, have you ever been writing, you know, a letter or drawing a picture and all of a sudden you're not paying attention, you're clumsy and your just arm smears across it and then everything just smears on that page? You know how frustrating that is, right? Just gets, oh, so aggravating because you got to start over. Again, that's kind of what the Greek is saying here, that, that when you repent, your sins are blotted out, smeared out. But if you continue to read into it, the Greek is so much more aggressive here. This is what you got to get. This is so cool. The Greek is so much more aggressive because it's not saying when you repent that your sins are smeared out to the point of not being legible. But it's saying that when your sins are blotted out, it's as if they never even existed. Your failure never existed. If, if you get this, just get this word picture. It's almost as if you're, you're writing your story of your life. And you're going and you're going and going and all of a sudden you get to chapter three and you have an epic failure in your life. And you just kind of want to scratch that off and keep on writing. But the problem is, is, you can always go back to that page and remember, I see where that was scratched out. I see where I made that mistake. And it haunts you and Satan uses it against you. Go back to page number two and see where you messed up. You only got to page two and messed up. And you see that scratch out. But guess what? That's not what repentance does. That word blotted out, it's almost as if, it's not scratched out. It's almost as if you're writing your story and all of a sudden you mess up. But guess what God does? takes that piece of paper, right, crumples it up in a ball, throws it in the trash can, gets you a new piece of paper and says, okay, let's try again. It's not scratched out. It's not erased out to where you can still see it. It's completely gone. There is refreshing that comes from repentance and relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to encourage you today, if, you, if you've had past failures, if you've had times where you've messed up that's haunting you, enter into a time of repentance in the altar call. There's nothing ugly about it. There's nothing embarrassing about it. We ain't got to be ashamed of that because what it is is we allow God to take that completely out of our lives. 
Don't let Satan use that against you, okay? Because you got greatness upon your life. I'm here to tell you, you got greatness upon your life. God's got an anointing upon your life. Don't allow Satan to use your past failures against you. Because your past does not dictate nor define who you are or who you will become in Jesus Christ. Okay? So that's exciting, okay? So we receive refreshing through rest. We need rest. Secondly, we receive it through repentance. And I want to just tell a story here as I close out this point. There is a true story now that we're on the football subject here, okay? Um, by the way, huge Green Bay Packers fan, okay? Just to preface what I'm about to say. There is a, a story that I read. It's a true story about uh, the Dallas Cowboys and... Um, their wide receiver, one of their wide receivers. Now, this is going back a few years. And they, the Dallas Cowboys have a, a, a team Bible study, believe it or not. They have a big Bible study, has a big following. Um, and during one of these Bible studies, the story goes on to say that this man stood up and he was weeping, he was crying, and he said, I need prayer. And they said, well, what do you need prayer for? And he began to share with them some intimate details from his past. And he said, there was a time when I was living an, an active, adulterous lifestyle. And he said, I've never told my wife the details. She doesn't know anything about this, but I feel like I need to come forward with this. And so they prayed for him. And... Um, the story goes on to say that the next week he came back for the Bible study and he said, I want to testify, I want to tell a story. And so they, at the end of the Bible study, they allowed him to share what had happened. And, and so he stood up and he said, I told my wife everything. I mean, we had a time, we sat down and I just opened up and I just spilt everything out. I said, there was a time a few years ago, this and this and this happened. I'm sorry, I, I you know, just couldn't. And he told the whole thing. And he said, there was a few moments of silence. And then his wife said these words. She said, I'm so sorry that you had to carry that burden all by yourself for all of these years. Now that, that's just contrary. That Doesn't that blow your mind? That's contrary to what you would think. She said, I'm so sorry that you had to carry that burden for all of these years alone. And you talk about forgiveness and you talk about refreshing that came to that man and that relationship there and that marriage and I read that story and I thought we're the same way in our relationship with Jesus Christ that we fail God miserably from time to time every single one of us where we lie to ourselves and others if we don't acknowledge we fail okay we fail God miserably from time to time but we allow those mistakes and the weight of those mistakes to be carried on our own shoulders. And we bear the pain from our past. Or we bear the pain from our family history. And we allow that to weight us down. And I think the words of Christ would be the very same. That I'm so sorry that you're carrying the weight of that. When the very purpose that he came to this earth was to suffer and die. To carry the weight of our sin upon his shoulders. Folks, we don't need to carry the pain of our past. We don't need to carry our failures anymore, our sins, our struggles, because Christ came and died so that we could give him that burden. There's a liberty that comes with serving God, amen? There's a liberty and a freedom that comes with repenting and unloading ourselves on him. 
why don't we just lift our hands real quick and I just want us to worship the Lord for a few moments before I go into this third point. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, you came to this earth, you suffered, you died so that you could bear the weight of our sin, the weight of our failure, the weight of our ugliness. God, our darkness, Lord, that's deep within our heart, Jesus. And your will and your purpose is that we give that to you, oh God. That's what repentance is, is giving that to you and allowing you to wash over us, oh Lord. God, I pray that you would help us to make a commitment today. Help us to get aligned with your will, your path, your purpose, and that you would order our steps, God. Allow us to experience that refreshing. Amen. Amen. And so the third and final point, the very first one is we receive God's refreshing through rest. We need rest. We receive God's refreshing through repentance. And the very final way that I could find now, I will let you know in advance that probably 40% of the scriptures pointed to these first two points, but the overwhelming majority pointed to this very last point. The very last way God's people receive his refreshing. Number one, rest. Number two, repentance. But number three, relationship. Would you say relationship? Not boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Relationship within the body of Christ. Relationship within the church. God's refreshing is poured out upon you when you are in fellowship with the body of Christ. When you gather together and worship him is the time when his presence can come off and refresh you. Now, I don't want to take away from your time in a prayer closet or personal prayer time, but I'm going to tell you there's a reason why the Bible says forsake not to assemble yourselves together. In other words, you need to gather together and have church. Now, we got vacations, we got things that we need to do, I understand that, but for the most part, every opportunity that we have to be in church, we need to be here. The reason why is because God's refreshing flows when you are in the atmosphere of church and in fellowship with the body of believers. When we begin to worship and praise and with, with to Jesus, there's something that begins to happen and we leave church refreshed. And so we need that. Now let me just point out a couple scriptures I'm going to read through uh, briefly and then I'm going to close with something that I, I, I really feel the touch on today. But in, uh, let me just give you a couple scriptures. In Romans chapter 15 verse 32, Paul refers uh, mainly at several points through his epistles, uh, epistles the subject of spiritual refreshing and how it happens throughout the body of Christ and with brothers and sisters in Christ. Here he says that I might come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. So Paul is saying here that when we gather together, there's a certain kind of refreshing that comes off on us, okay? Look at again, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus. I think I said those. That, that, that's a... Whew. You ought to be happy that your mama didn't name you Fortunatus. 
That'd be bad if somebody's name was really Fortunatus here, wouldn't it? Uh, <clears throat> right. For that which was lacking, look what he says here. Look what Paul says. For that which was lacking on your part. How many know you got things that are lacking in you? But guess what? There's other people in the body of Christ that make up that area. You might be the finger, but somebody else is the hand. That's why Paul is saying here, you, we need each other. We might not always like each other. Hello? Uh, we're, we're family, right? We're brothers and sisters. I'm the youngest of three brothers. So believe me when I tell you I know how to take a pounding, a beating. Okay, I know how to take a beating. I didn't always like my brothers, but I always loved my brothers. You understand what I'm saying? We don't always get along. There's things that come up, but ultimately we need each other in all this, okay? Paul says, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. Verse 18. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that they are such. And then in Philemon chapter 1, verses 4 through 7. Philemon chapter 1. This is a hard one to find. There's only one, one chapter, one little chapter. There we go. Philemon chapter 1, verse 4. I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers. Verse 5. Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and towards all saints. Somebody say all saints. Not just, the, not just certain ones. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Verse number 7. For we have great joy and consolation in thee because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. The bowels of the saints, the very depths of who we are receive refreshing when we interact within the body of Christ, okay? And then very last, I'm going to close out with this, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. I want to read this and give an illustration and then I'll close out. Um, this thou knowest that all they which are in Asia, now pay attention, all they, uh, all they which are in Asia are turned away from me, of whom are... Here we go again. Phlygius, Hermogenes. That sounds good to me, okay? <laughs> Verse 16. But the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus. For he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Hmm. So, quickly, back to this topic here, because... We don't always get along. We might, we, things come up, okay? But we need each other. That's that, that really what I want to get across to you here today. We need each other. We cannot be the army that kills its own wounded. But I'm going to tell you something that I see in the church. Many, oftentimes, we are the army that is more willing to kill its own wounded or to gossip about its wounded or to backbite about its wounded or to kick people when they're down then we are to be rescuers of each other. I spent eight years in the Marine Corps. I can tell you stories of friends of mine that have literally rescued people and not only rescued people, but pulled dead bodies off a battlefield. They risked their life to go out in the middle of fire to pull a dead body off a battlefield. Now that, that might strike you. Why would you risk your life to pull a dead body off a battlefield. Can we, can we get them later? 
but there's something instilled in the hearts that says, that's my brother, that's my sister. And at all costs, I need to rescue them. I need to get them off that battlefield. So we cannot be, we cannot harm each other. Okay, we can't be killers of our own wounded or kick people when they're down. I think the reason why I feel to share this is because this church is going to go forward into great things. But remember this one thing. We need each other. We will be, you will be giving of yourself, your energy, your anointing, your talents. You'll be spending your energy, everything you have. If you don't have God's refreshing, then eventually it'll lead to exhaustion, spiritual exhaustion. But as long as we gather together in fellowship, we get rest, we repent, get aligned, always consciously aligning ourselves with God's will and being refreshed in the presence of each other, we'll be okay. The story of, uh, I didn't give you this scripture, but just quickly allow me to tell it, the story of uh, the prodigal son, many of you know this story, but you got a father, you got two sons. The youngest asks his father for his inheritance. He runs out and leaves the household. He blows all of his inheritance. That tre- It was a treasure. He blew it all on debauchery and just horrible things. Spent it all. And the Bible alludes to the fact that his father always would come out to look. Hopefully his son would return someday, his youngest. Never did. Went back out. Never did. Went back out. Never did. Eventually, the Bible says that he came back. Okay? And so the father got excited and told the oldest boy, hey, kill a cat. We're going to have a party. Let's get some food together. This is a good day. Your brothers finally come home. And you know what the older brother does? He gets upset. He gets upset. Why? Maybe because... I've been here the whole time doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And just because this younger brother, he went out and did what he blew all your money. And you want to throw him a party? Are you kidding me? And I've been here the whole time. I've been saying, and I've heard this preached from many different ways, but I've come to this conclusion. Could it be that the reason why the older brother was so upset is because he had a relationship with the father's house, but he didn't have a true relationship with his father? let that sink in for a second because if he had a relationship with his father he could have identified with his father's mercy and love for his sibling but he had a relationship with the things with the job with the father's house many of us can be the same way we love coming to church right we have a relationship with church we love worship we love praise but if we allow the things hurts or anything that happens within the Father's house to cause us to turn our back, then we only had a relationship with the Father's house but never had a relationship with the Father. Church is great. We need church. We need fellowship. But ultimately, we need that relationship with Jesus Christ, right? So, in 2 Timothy, you can stand to your feet today. I want to end with this scripture. 2 Timothy, we can pull it up one more time and we're going to read this and I'm going to make a point and then I want us to have a time of prayer 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, the Lord give mercy 
unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my change. Could you back up to verse 15, though? Because there's something important that happens here. Paul says, This you know, that all they which are in Asia have turned away from me. And then he goes on to mention of who are Phlygius and Hermon, whatever this guy's name is, whatever. Both those guys and everybody else turned away from me. Now I thought, well, of course they did, Paul, because they told you to not preach the gospel and you were preaching it, and so they got upset. They le- felt God say, no, you need to read that again. I read it again. I realized what Paul was saying. All those which turned away were not non-believers. All the people that turned away were believers in Christ. Everybody, the believers turned away from Paul. Everybody in Asia. And then he goes on to mention two other brothers in Christ that turned away from him. And then in verse 16, it said, All they are turned away, but the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Onesiphorus you won't find his name in the book of Acts. You won't find his name doing mighty miracles. But he found his place here because when everybody else turned their back on Paul, Onesiphorus took him out and refreshed him and wasn't ashamed of his chains. How many know you got chains? Everybody got chains. Everybody's got struggles. Everybody's got a dark side. Everybody's got an ugly side that we're trying to conquer. And we all know that we're flawed. We all got things that we struggle with. Some of us struggle with depression. Some of us struggle with anger or anxiety or fear or sin. There's all different kinds of struggles, is there not? All different kinds of chains. But you know what made Onesiphorus special to Paul? Paul said, not only did he refresh me, but he wasn't ashamed of my chain. We lie to ourselves if we think we don't have chains. The thing of it is, is not to be ashamed of each other's chains, but saying, you know what? I'll pray for you. I'll lift you up. I'll encourage you. I'll believe with you. I'm not ashamed of your failure. I'm not ashamed of your chain. I'm here to bring refreshing to you. That's what happens within the body of Christ. That's what we ought to be with one another. We are connected. We need each other. Can I tell you, before I, before I end, I've seen all different kinds of, I've seen, I've seen many miracles, as I'm sure you have, okay, in your lifetime. Seeing God heal cancer, seeing God do a number of things. Sometimes, every once in a while, He'll operate by what's called the gift of faith. One of the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of faith. Basically, what the gift of faith is, the easiest definition, is what God does without human intervention. In other words, faith is so elevated, and you believe so much that God can just boom, do a miracle in your life. I've seen it. However, the vast majority of of miracles that I've witnessed has been when somebody lays a hand on somebody else and begins to pray with them and allows God to use that vessel. Like Pastor was saying, 
There's nothing special about who we are. What's special is what's on the inside. If we allow God to channel through us what's on the inside to each other, that's when each other receives God's refreshing. Amen. A few months, a few weeks ago, we were in Sheboygan Falls doing a revival for John David Putnam. There's a girl there that some of you would probably know, a teenager. And because of uh, she contracted Lyme's disease, they think, and it's caused a paralysis in her hands. Her hand curls up like that. A couple years ago, I should say a year ago, we were there doing a revival, and I wasn't paying attention. I was shaking hands and greeting people, and I went to shake her hands. Hey, how you doing? And, and she kind of pulled it back and said, "Oh, I don't, I don't shake hands." Well, then I seen why. Felt kind of foolish, and you know, I played it off, elbow bump or something. I don't know. I played it off somehow. Well, this last this last uh, few weeks ago, when we were there giving a, doing a revival, a brother came up to me from the church, and he said, "You know, I feel like." If, if she would lift her hands to worship God, that he would heal her. I, I believe that. I said, oh, I believe that with you. See, because she would lift one hand, but she wouldn't lift this hand. Because she was ashamed of it. She'd lift both hands. I feel like God would I said, I agree with that. Well, service went on. Altar call went. I was over praying with people. And I looked over. and I seen a cool picture. It was uh, across the altar. I seen her father and her father had his hands on her hands and he had them lifted up like this and he was praying with his daughter. Now her, her fingers, if you would open them up, they would stay open, but as soon as you let go they would close back up. So I didn't think anything of it because he had his hands on her hand and he was praying. It was just it was very moving, okay? It's very moving. And I watched as that father took his hands off her hands. And when that hand should have went back like this, Brother Calhoun, it, it just stayed, it stayed open. And she didn't even, she's had her eyes closed and she's just praying and she doesn't even realize what's going on. People are dancing and rejoicing around her because they know God just did a miracle. Finally, somebody tapped her on the shoulder and said, look at your hand. And then I had to see the tears well up in her eyes and begin to fall as she seen that God had just done a miracle in her life. It was amazing. But it was getting over that initial handicap, that fear to say, you know what? I'll lift it up and I'll expose it to everybody here. But when we expose our failure and our shortcoming to Jesus, guess what? He can do a miracle in our lives. And sometimes, you know what it takes? It takes the hand or the prayers of a brother or sister to say, you know what, I'll bind with you. You can't lift it up on your own. Guess what? I'm here to help you lift it up. That's when refreshing can come. I want refreshing to come in this place today. And can I just tell you, you need a miracle in your life today? I think God's going to do it. You need a healing in your life today? I believe God's going to do it. But guess what? Let's allow him to operate through us. Let's allow him to channel his glory through us today. Amen. Would you help me pray one more time? And then I want to have a, a time in the altar. Lord Jesus, 
Lord, I thank you for your presence and your glory that's here this morning. I know we went a little bit long today, but Father, I feel your presence is wanting to move in some hearts and some lives here today that you're not through. I want you to just ask him today, pray in your heart, Lord, what are you saying to me? Would you ask him, Father, what are you saying to me today? God, is there something in me that I could give to you this morning? Is there something I could ask you to forgive me of? Is there a way that I could repent and align my will with your way and receive that refreshing? God, do I have the faith to bind together with somebody, a brother or sister across this room and pray for their miracle or have them pray with me for my miracle? Lord, give us faith to believe and trust in you today. Lord, let us not just be hearers of your word, but Father, let us be doers of your word right now. I'm going to ask you to do a bold thing. If you have a need in your life today, would you slip out from where you're at and would you just make your way forward today? This might be unconventional for you. But I'm asking us today as the church, as the body of Christ, don't be ashamed. Not only of maybe your chain, but don't be afraid of the chain of somebody else. And maybe for a few moments, you could slip a hand on a neighbor, on a brother. Slip your hand on a sister. And I want us to bind together. We're going to sing this song, but I want us to bind together in prayer. Because some of you need miracles today. Some of you need a miracle in your finances. Some of you need a, a physical miracle. Some of you need an emotional miracle. But guess what? Today is your day if you would allow God to minister to you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Guys, find somebody to lay hands on. Men, find somebody to pray with. Ladies, find somebody to pray with right now. Let's lift each other up. Lord Jesus, I pray you're refreshing coming to this place. There is nothing special about the box. There's nothing special about who we are. But Father, there is something special about the spirit that you put inside of us. Allow your spirit and your glory to flow right now, Jesus. Lord, I repent of every sin. I repent of every shortcoming, every impurity, every spot. Go ahead and repent. Every blemish, God. Separate it from me, Jesus. Remove it from me as far as the east is from the west. Blot out my transgressions, O oh Lord. And allow times of refreshing to come right now. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bring emotional healing today. I rebuke depression, oh God. Anxiety and fear and doubt. Lord, we are the head and not the tail, Jesus. You do have great things in store for us, oh Lord. You have great anointing upon us, oh God. Help us to give ourselves to you this morning in the name of Jesus.